Welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. I am very pleased to be joined by Reverend Dr. Marcus Hart. How are you, Marcus? I'm doing well. I can call you Marcus, right? Yes, you can. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to be talk, to talk to you today because um, uh, I think I've shared in the past that I, I love veterans. I, I love the fact that you guys have uh, put your life on the line uh, to, to provide service to um, our country. And I appreciate the, you know, just the sacrifices that you've made. And I wanted to kind of talk to you to see, you know, what you went through. I know you had a bout of PTSD. Or, or I'm not sure if you, if you still have symptoms with that. But I'd love to talk about, you know, how it was when you were there. Was it Desert Storm you were there? Where, where were you? Desert Storm? I was, no, I was at the, uh, in the Iraq War, 06 to 07. Okay, okay, wow. And I'd love to talk a little more. So, you know what, just tell me about that right now. How, what was it like? Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm curious to know, when you get the, 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 I guess it's the orders that you have to go overseas, yes. what's the preparation like? What is that plane ride like? What are you thinking about? I'd love to know some, some information, if you don't mind. Well, for me, I was a National, National Guardsman, so I was in the Army National Guard here in my home state of Wisconsin, and I was recruited with the whole idea that you won't be sent over, you'll be doing a lot of things in country. So when I received the call, and it was a call initially, it, I started crying immediately because uh, the first thought that came to my mind is like death because, you know, it was war wartime. And we're still in, currently in wartime right now, but Iraq uh, was definitely still in the midst of most uh, of the dangers that were, were over there. There was still a lot of, uh, of the aggressive fighting that was going on. And... The mission that they placed us on was convoy missions. So we were responsible for uh, escorting a lot of the uh, oil uh, rigs and uh, a lot of the different supplies all the way up north, as far up north as Missoula. And, um, you know, so for a 19-year-old kid, because I was 19 at the time. You were 19, wow. Yeah, yeah so I, I was 19. Um, I only had been um, freshly out of boot camp. Uh, well, I get, yeah, I guess I can call it boot camp. Um, about a year, you know, not even a year, so maybe a couple of months, and um, and 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 so yeah, so immediately there was just the tears, and um, I was I just was not certain what what to expect, and so we we went through three months of training in, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, mm -hmm. and, and 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 during that time too, like um, you, you can just look at look at the faces of everybody. Everybody's faces was just you know just like they were looking at a ghost, you know, um, a lot, even, even a lot of the higher ups that were up in the chain of command, they, you know, they were not the same people that you knew them as when we were like stationed, um, you know, in, in our home, home state, mm -hmm. you know, they, they became very aggressive and, um, you know, like, and they, it was sort of like a front to, you know, you know, cover up the, the anxiety and the, the, the fear mm -hmm. that they had. 
So, so, so is it, so is it, um, is it expected that you don't show your fears? Is it expected? Yeah, definitely. Okay. You know, and, um, and if, you know, and during that whole three month period, you know, it, it was sort of like boot camp all over again, but times 10, you know, um, they were, you know, everybody was all up in, in each other's faces. Um, there were fights that broke out. Um, really? Wow. I, yeah. So I even had some run-ins a lot of times with my first sergeant um, who, you know, um, ended up verbally abusing me a lot and, and even physically abusing me, putting his hands on me. Uh, so, wow. So, so by the time that we, we were exiting out of here, you know, you had been so emotionally wore down and um, it's just like, okay, you're ready to pop. You know, like, so, 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 is, so, so sorry. So is that, in, in, in t- is that a way to kind of toughen you up, so to speak, or to, to, to get you ready? What was, what was the purpose of that? Or is that just the culture? Or that culture you were in? I think it was a, a definitely a combination of uh, just emotions, you know, building within everybody and also as a way to, to just prepare people to just numb, you know, get people numb to what was uh, on the way and what we were going to be facing. Wow. Wow. And, uh, but for me, you know, I was a supply clerk, um, you know, so I, I didn't really expect to, you know, see any like major action. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, you know, I had the intent that like, okay, why do, why do I need to be treated like a infantry soldier as a foot soldier? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I'm just black. I'm just a supply dude, you know? <laughs> you know, so I'm ultimately just responsible for, you know, making sure that everybody, you know, got the proper supplies and, and then uh, also I was working in the the maintenance department, you know, um, I'm going to mm-hmm. use as civilian words as I can. I don't want to confuse anybody. Uh, so I was responsible for all of the the Humvee trucks and all of the other uh, large uh, vehicles. And uh, wow. And so. And so, and you, so ended, you, know, you ended up actually seeing things. Even as a person that does. Uh, what's that? Did you ended up actually seeing things? Yeah, well, you know, uh, when, once we got over there, you know, so the plane ride, you know, uh, t- the big, the long 18-hour flight over there, and uh, once we hit books on ground, um, uh, so we, we did spend a, another month of uh, just uh, firearm training, and then and, and once uh, we got on base, I still, you know, I, I, my main job was to still stay on base, but I, I would go and do small convoy trips, uh, out out in the field to go pick up uh, parts from the warehouse and, and bring them back. And, and oftentimes, too, you know, um, I will run into uh, some small dangers, not not comparable to what you know, my, my comrades, comrades was um, facing. So uh, mm-hmm. there was one incident where um, there was a rocket propelled launcher that was uh, launched at my truck. And, uh, and while on base two, we were borderline right where uh, Iraq in Kuwait is and that's where we were stationed and uh, there was a lot of attempts for like uh, of like uh, small arm fires uh, coming in like a lot of you know uh, a lot of the terrorists trying to shoot into the uh, base uh, wow. so so that was scary in itself you know um, and and we considered that very light <laughs> or minimum uh, amount of combat action so you know compared to what was really happening on the roads um, for wow. a lot of my comrades Wow. So you said that you, uh, we kind of connected before this interview and you, you said that you, you, what you witnessed kind of transformed, it was transformative. It made you see things in a different light. Can you, can you elaborate on that? 
Absolutely. Uh, so the, the whole whole uh, idea of just being so far away from home in itself was like, you know, it, it made you very humble and it, it made you, you know, um, have a lot more uh, gratitude for, for the things that you were being taken away from. Mm -hmm. uh, this was, this wasn't everyday life for me before, you know, uh, before landing boots on ground. And, and, and then um, also too, I, I had left the country so angry, you know, and so frustrated. And um, I had really lost a lot of my faith. I grew up as a Christian and uh, was raised in a Christian family, but, you know, I had never really, you know, um, I guess really connected uh, spiritually in the mm -hmm. way that like uh, my family was a, and they were really into like church and stuff, but I, I never really wasn't. And so my faith was completely lost once I got that call and uh, I really turned, you know, turned away from um, God and, and, and really started like uh, diving into like some very dark uh, practices. And um, one, one situation that happened to me over there was um, I, one night I was sleeping in my tent and um, while I was sleeping in my tent, I, I, I felt like sort of like this force trying to drive its way into my body. And it was like something I had never felt before. And um, I, I thought I was dreaming at first, but when I opened my eyes, I, you know, I, I could tell I wasn't dreaming. But mm -hmm. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to yell to release this thing uh, off of me. And, and when I look up, I, I can see like the ugliest uh, thing I had ever set eyes on. And you know, um, I kept screaming and no one in the tent would hear me and nothing was coming out. I couldn't even hear myself, but I yelled out Jesus. And when I yelled out Jesus, um, the thing released me and there was the figure that appeared right at the, the foot of my bed. And that, that figure appeared to, you know, like Jesus. It looked like Jesus, but it didn't look like the Jesus that I grew up, you know, knowing. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I got up and I, you know, I, I, I turned on the lamps and, you know, I'm looking around and, um, everybody was still asleep. So uh, I thought it was just, you know, the sand or something. I, I didn't know what to expect. So I, I, I began to walk out and then I, I was grabbed immediately by, you know, uh, it was sort of like that same grab you get from a parent or something. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't scared this time. I was scared, but I was like, oh, wow, what's going on? And without, you know, even doing anything I'm stuck and my arm levitated and it ripped up a a poem that I had written a very selfish poem a very evil poem in itself that I've written uh, just contributing everything all of my achievements all the things that I've been through to to myself and myself only and you know um mm. and really just cursing uh, against God and, and cursing against the universe period and that my arm when my arm levitated that the poem was ripped off and threw to the ground and then my arm levitated again and, and reached for a Bible um, that I had tucked away. It's the same Bible that they give every soldier as we did on a plane. And huh. at that moment, my arm uh, levitated towards my heart with the Bible and placed the Bible on my heart. I tried to throw it down and then my arm uh, levitated again, grabbed the Bible and placed it near my heart again. And at that moment I was in the presence. I knew that I was in the presence of a divine being. And um, from there, yeah. like, uh, I began a, a new spiritual journey. Uh, so, so when, so when did that incident happen? When you first got over there, or, or were you there for a period of time? And I, I'm curious, you know, what, what did that, what did that feel like? What did you, when you said you, we said a force came over you, what did that, what did that feel like? 
Uh, so are you referring to the force that uh, woke me up or yeah, that, woke, you said that, woke, that woke you up and, and, and then you said when, when, and then another kind of force or, or something grabbed you. Can you, can you just um, kind of describe what, what, what does that, what did that feel like? Okay. So we had only been uh, there uh, boots on ground for about three months when that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that force, that initial force that grabbed me, it was very dark it, 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 it felt like I was uh, losing my breath and like feel like, you know, like everything inside of me was being like kind of moved around sort of. It, it, hmm. it, it was very, it was very uncomfortable and um, I wouldn't say painful. I would say more like, you know, uh, breath leaving uh, on the verge of a death almost and, you know, heart hmm. slowing down. Um, just, just, dark it's just very dark and and, and very mm. unsettling and then the the second uh energy force that, that grabbed me very loving very calm um very very cold um but sort of like that cold you know feeling you get when you when you uh, jump out of a shower and then you you grab for a towel to wrap around you mm. so, so sort of like that you know it's it's cold but like you know once you get that towel around you like oh that cold air mm-hmm. feels kind of good mm-hmm. <laughs> it's refreshing <laughs> You know, uh, very, very loving and peaceful, you know, um, but so, strong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So for the people who, who don't necessarily believe what you're, what you're saying, would you, do you think you're hallucinating or do you, do you really, really believe um, that something physically was, was, was at first keeping you at bay and then at, and at the end basically protecting you and stopping you? Well, I really thought that, at the time that I was hallucinating, but mm-hmm. um, that same energy force followed me uh, for uh, a, a good, good deal of that day. You know, um, it, it was almost like, you know, uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost was, <laughs> was, uh, wow. was following me. Wow. And, um, and even after that happened, you know, I, I said, wow, I, I really got to investigate this. I, I really got to, you know, really, maybe, you know, maybe I find the answers in the Bible. Maybe I, you know, maybe I find it in other religions. I don't, you know, so I really, uh, really started studying um, then after that. Really started just trying to understand life a lot more and, and, mm-hmm. and, and um, understanding, you know, well, well, maybe there's something bigger than us mm-hmm. uh, we, we should be giving our attention to. Interesting. So, so you, so obviously it was, it was, it had to be uh, very transformative. So, so you did say that you said you, you said you left angry. And so were you, and, and your, your family was from the church and um, at some point you disconnected from the church. Were you in the church before or you disconnected or were you never a part of it? Well, I was in the church, but that was it. I was just in the church. You just, you know? okay. Yeah. Not really participating, you know, okay. really believing. So the so so your so the anger that you're speaking of is is that so so is it fair to say when you signed up to become national guard you didn't expect that it would go one step further and you'd be deployed so is is that the anger you're speaking of uh, in terms of you know, having to be called up and the next thing you know you're 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 in fighting zone is that is that what made you angry and kind of denounce God? Yeah, it was kind of a combination of that and just looking back on all the things I have been through you know uh, previously in my life. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think about when I first was born, you know, uh, where, you know, I died at birth and was brought back and, and wow. then, and then even then, um, after that, like, you know, um, just going through poverty and, you know, seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of my peers, uh, struggling, um, 
you know, seeing, seeing my mom struggle, especially after she had, had a back injury that sidelined her away from work. And I was mm. forced to work at, at the age of 13. Wow. And, uh, and my dad, he was in and out of jail. And uh, when I finally connected with him and, uh, at the age of 13, um, he was very abusive towards me, very verbally abusive, physically abusive to me. And, uh, and at the age of 11, um, I had been a victim of sexual abuse. And um, Wow, Marcus, you've yeah, been through so, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but being bullied in, through school, uh, throughout school, and, um, you know, just countless amount of things that, that happened, like, leading mm-hmm. up to that. So, so, so pretty much from birth, it was, it, it was kind of, um, I don't want to say tumultuous, but it's, it's obviously it was, it was, it was you, you, you experienced some challenges that, that, that no one should actually experience in their lifetime. And so, um, so becoming deployed kind of, I guess, I guess it kind of compounded the anger that you already felt given what you, what you had already seen, what you went through and then going over overseas um, made things come to a head. And then that actually made you start to, that experience made you actually move back towards God. Is that, is that a fair analysis? Well, it didn't initially. It did take a few more months afterwards, mm-hmm. and um, and that's because I, I I started being connected with people uh, over there uh, who were spiritual people and um, not particularly not not particularly Christians. You know, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't say that they were you know very religious people, but they were mm-hmm. you know very uh, knowledgeable when it came to like just spirituality and um, and understanding that that uh, everything that we're going through right now is is for a reason and um and i I had not really believed that but it it started becoming very clear to me Mm -hmm. towards the employment so interesting so so those people those spiritual people that you're speaking of uh they're probably already around you the first three months and then and then and then and then your perspective changed and then you now saw them differently or, or or realized they were a resource that were kind of right there around you yeah they were there all along and you know Mm -hmm. i had never you know and um and and during the the whole deployment process um i you know i i was really just sticking to myself and not really wanted to engage with anybody but Mm -hmm. after that experience um you know people kind of could see a change in me you know they they saw a change in me that i didn't really see Mm -hmm. and uh and i you know i seemed more approachable for some reason and so people started approaching me started talking to me and I, i started getting to know people Mm-hmm. And um, one of my duties um, overseas were to like dispatch the trucks to people as they were leaving. So I was always the last face and always the first face people saw when they left and came back to the base. Mm-hmm. And um, and one of the things that happened too in, in, in that three month, that first three months were we, we, we lost two of our soldiers. And I remember having a, con- having a conversation uh, with the two soldiers before they left and, and they got and their truck blew up. Oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so that, that really changed me too. So those, you know, like that first three months, um, you know, at, at that at that pivot in between uh, the first three months and, and moving forward really, you know, kind of like just made me go a different different path in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so you, 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 you stress um, that spirituality does not always mean religious. Can you elaborate on that? And actually, I fully, firmly believe in that, what you said. Uh, can, you, can you expound on that? Okay. Uh, and, and once again, as I was saying, you know, although I grew up in the church and, um, and like, you know, I, I, and my, my 
family members used to always try to push it on me a lot. And, uh, you know, I never really got anything out of it. You know, I, I never really felt like more, you know, spiritually connected than I have when I was overseas. And, um, you know, where this thing was kind of physically evident in front of my face. And like, I wasn't in no church building. And, hmm. and, uh, and then, you know, that, that, that same, you know, after that, you know, even re- returning back, you know, I, 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 c- I see that I could like, you know, uh, still connect spiritually and still like, you know, put my faith, you know, and, in in the things that I want and the things that, you know, I want to see happen, um, without being in the church. Room. And even, even when I, you know, became an ordained minister and I, and I started preaching in the church, mm-hmm. like, you know, I would see, I would see my messages connecting with people because I, I wasn't, I wasn't like focused, so focused on like the, the whole, like, uh, how can you, how can I put it? The, the whole protocol of um, a preaching yeah. where you, like where the you rules. Gotta, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where you gotta, you know, um, preach people to, you know, out of hell and, and, and by scaring the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't believe in, I didn't believe in that. You know, I, I believe in just, you know, uh, helping people understand that like you can connect spiritually no matter where you at and you can act whatever you want of the universe and, and, and receive it um, without, you know, That's right. follow, follow uh, a, a structure, the structures of the church. Mm-hmm. And then how do you, and so coming back, how did, how did your family respond to that? Did, did, are they accepting of, 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 of your, um, your um, spirituality as opposed to religion? What, what, um, how does that work? Well, as they began to like hear many of my, my, my sermons, um, which I don't call them sermons, I call them messages. Uh, messages and, and, and teachings mm-hmm. um you know they then they, they really started it became very clear to them you know they said oh okay well yeah i i totally get that and understand that and um i, I have not preached in a church um the last time i preached in the church was last year and you know and since then you know i i said well you know it's it's better if i just take my message directly to the people Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm not going to really, you know, make an impact or really get this message out uh, to the people um, just being stuck here. I hear you. So when you came back, when, how soon after did you become an ordained minister? Well, that didn't happen until about, uh, I came back 2007 mm-hmm. and I came back with an injury. And so I, I didn't become an ordained minister until about 2009. Okay. Can you, can, what happened? Can you, can you share what injury you had? I know you, 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 I will talk about the PTSD you also experienced, which is, which is a kind of invisible injury, but you also had a physical injury as well? Yes. So the physical injury, it came um, during my normal duties. I I was putting away uh, some Humvee tires and, um, and I was lifting them up. (laughs) So like I was doing something stupid and and lifting them uh, high over above my head and and putting them to the last shelf. And one didn't quite stay. Aren't those crazy heavy? Yeah. Well, uh, during that day, uh, that day I decided to do it that way. I was very angry and frustrated Uh with uh, one of my sergeants. Okay. And uh, so I was blowing some steam and, um, and I, and, and at the same time, I was really causing some harm to myself. And so the last tire that I put up, it didn't stay on the last shelf. And so it came back, rolled down on me and almost decapitated my head. Oh, wow. 
Yes. So I had a real bad um, neck injury and uh, head injury as well. And so, um, oh. yeah, so I was placed on light duty for the rest of the time I was there. Wow. And so how long, how long was that? How long were you on light duty before you came back home? Uh, so that was uh, uh, about three, three and a half months. Okay. Wow. That's, that's incredible. So, so, so the, the first three months were, 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 were transformative and the last three months were transformative. Very yeah. <laughs> yeah. So three, three seems to be my number. So mm -hmm. very yeah. fascinating. Very fascinating. Yeah. Wow. And then can, can you talk about the, the PTSD that, that uh, you experienced coming back and the transitioning back home? And I, I, I've met a, a couple of veterans. I, I remember someone saying that uh, his issue was sleep, like he could not sleep at all. Um, yeah. Just expect, expecting something to happen and, and still being on guard even when it's years later. Can you describe anything you've gone through or what, what, what is it like for you? Okay, so a lot of my PTSD, you know, definitely uh, stems from the military uh, with, you know, the, the, the having to numb, you know, and, and not showing any emotions. Um, the, the whole, you know, uh, the rocket patrol launcher being launched at, launched at my truck and, you know, I'm constantly being afraid that it's going to happen again while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the small arms fires, like, you know, at night, you know, while you're sleeping, you know, you're hearing, you know, gunshots, you know, just rattle off. And, you know, you, not, you don't know if the bullets are going to pierce through your tent or not. And wow. so, so when I came home, you know, I experienced a lot of sleep difficulties. Uh, I had a hard, very hard time, like just reconnecting my, with my family. Uh, and um, I didn't really, I didn't trust anybody around me. And I, I tried to develop a lot of romantic relationships and those were very bad. Uh, you know, I took everything personal. Uh, so, uh, you know, although that, like uh, I had found some peace over there, you know, it's just like, everything just reversed itself except mm -hmm. this time except this time i had a little bit more relief uh but i was still just being triggered off you know being very quick tempered and um and and not wanting to just express you know what was really hurting me inside and you know so just constantly you know being on guard the anxiety came along with it the depression came along, along with it i started gambling um, I, I wasn't really a big drinker, so I didn't have any drinking problems. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so so just just those things was really just really affecting me and, and, and really taking a toll on me being able to live a normal life. Wow. So 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 how long did it take? To, what, what did you do? Did you go through counseling? How did you, you know, did you did you tap into the spirituality aspect? Like how did you get beyond that and deal with that? Those those are some pretty heavy duty things that you're managing all at once. Yeah. So, so it, it took me a, a good year and a half, maybe, yeah, maybe even, yeah, I would say three years, actually. Uh -huh. So three years, actually, because, uh, yeah, so um, to really start seeing, you know, some, uh, some, some changes in like uh, being able to manage through these things. And, and, and what really, really helped me was when I discovered that like I, I needed to create a, a new purpose in my life and and um and once I like really started seeking out what my purpose was in life it, it really it really kept me it kept me busy it, it kept it really draw my drew my attention away from mm -hmm. uh, from the problems so so that along with like um counseling uh you know I wasn't participating in counseling the first 
uh, two, two and a half years I was uh, home. But once I started participating in counseling and, uh, and, and once I also added in the spirituality, because I had at this, by then I had learned about meditation. I learned about uh, the practice of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I uh, started changing up my diet uh, a great deal. Uh, so, uh, so long, long changing my diet. And, and, and also like, um, you know, exercising, light exercise, um, utilizing uh, my gift of writing. Uh, I, I started doing a lot of writing, uh, a lot more writing and expressing myself. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I created these things, what I called um, Dear God Letters, where I would write an honest letter, a uh, complete honest letter to hmm. God, you know, just about just expressing everything that I'm feeling inside. I like that. All the things, all the things that I want to attract into my life. Mm-hmm. And and just all of the things in my past, I reflect on everything in my past and put it in letter form, as if I'm writing directly to God. And it, this is the way too that I develop um, a, a new form of praying, you know. So because everybody could never pray a perfect prayer, or they worried about uh, the type of things they're saying, or you can't. Sometimes you can't even verbalize what you want to say. I yes. found that you can better do it in letter form. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to want to read the letter, you know, out loud, you can read the letter out loud, and that that'll be your prayer. That's beautiful. Really nice. So um, you actually wrote a book too, right? You've wrote, written a couple books. Can you, is, is, is that what your books entail? What, 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 what are your books about? Uh, so the first book I wrote was uh, actually um, overseas. Uh, I took my memoirs. I, so I had some memoirs. I was writing daily in a, like in journal form almost. And I took those memoirs and I turned it into a book. So the first book is about my first um, uh, three months overseas uh, while I was stationed. And um, the second book is uh, 30 Days to Transform Mentally and Spiritually. Uh, so that, that's the book when I first book that I ever uh, wrote that really uh, started um, bringing a lot of the, the spiritual practices that I, that I started uh, to study on and, and, and really started applying in my life. And some of the things that like, worked personally for me. Uh, I, I put in this book, and then the last book, the, the latest book is um, uh, "Think Possible, Be Possible," and uh, and that book is also too about um, how to just overcome fear, be more confident uh, in in the way you think, um, understanding that there's infinite possibilities in this universe that we can take a part of, and all we have to simply do is just move into um, being, you know, uh, into those possibilities. Mm-hmm. So I know that you, you, you are a, a, a coach, um, a mentor, and um, you also speak at different places and, and you help counsel people. So how do you counsel people? How do you, what, what do you say to somebody who has extreme anxiety and um, they were afraid of just, you know, trying new things? What, what would you say to somebody? How would you approach that person? Okay, so there's there's a little acronym I use is, is ACT. Uh, it's also you know something I adopted uh, with like uh, working with psychologists also, but I have made it my own. And I, I kind of changed it a lot. Uh, so it, it's all about uh, being able to be in the moment. And my, a quote that I use is our our only reality is right now. You know, <laughs> so I, I tell people first you have to accept you know, accept what's going on right now, accept and be aware of what's going on right now. And no matter what has happened, 
uh, prior to yesterday or what has not happened right now, what is happening right now and what can you do about right now? Uh, second is the C, you know, so I, I redirect people. I help people to commit to something different. A, a lot of times, you know, people don't know what their purpose is or they don't know, you know, um, what they should be doing while they're here on, on earth. Or they may, you know, have a good, good idea of what they want to do and they may be in a position where they feel like they got everything, but they still feel sort of stuck. And it's a lot of times that's, you know, the anxiety can create that, you know, uh, well, that's, excuse me, <laughs> let me remind myself, that's, that, that can trigger anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. when we have this feeling of stuckness of, of like worry about the future or worry about the past, we need to just get, get, get right off into the moment. And, and then last but not least, the T in, in my little acronym of ACT is transform. You know, so once we get them to commit to something that's bigger than themselves, um, that's going to be, you know, perfectly fit for themselves, we're going we're gonna to transform them and, and allow them to move uh, away from all the, the, the anxiousness, the, the depression, the, the worry, and, you know, and, and just start living, you know, start living a, a, the life that they always wanted to live. I love that. So A stands for? A, once again, stands for accept uh, and also be aware, you know, so be more aware of what's happening in the moment. And C stands for? C is commit. Commit. Okay. Yeah. And T is for transform. Transform. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love, I, I love acronyms. I love that acronym. That's really great. And I'm, and I'm sure just, just your experience that you've, what you've gone through and that you, you've lived, lived through the anxiety, you've lived through finding your purpose and, 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 and reinventing yourself coming back from, from war. So I, I'm sure what you say really, really resonates with people because you lived it. You, 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 you don't just talk, you, you, you walk the walk. So I'm, I'm sure you, your, your speeches and, and, and your trainings definitely help people who are, who are in need. Yeah, and that's what we got to do. We got to inspire the people. We, we got to inspire people and, and ignite something in their, in, inside of them to make them want to transform. That's awesome. So where do you find your strength? I, I find a lot of my strength, you know, by, uh, you know, I, I always tell people don't look back to the past, but use the past as an asset. Use, that, use the past as, as those extra, you know, weights you want to put on, on the bar to, to be able to lift up. And, you know, so you use that, you draw from that, but you also at the same time, uh, look, look at the protection that you have around you. And, you know, the, the, the protection that I'm talking about is the divine protection. We, we all are protected and we all can draw from this, this great divine strength and energy that's, that's present everywhere. That's awesome. And then how do you find it? Like I, um, you, you talked about sleeping and, and having that force come to you. So you're fortunate to have a come to you. How, how do people find that? How do people recognize that, 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 um, that energy, that, that force exists and is there to serve and, and there to help? How do you, how do you, how can you coach somebody to find that or tap into it? Well, a lot of times people are so, so far distracted. You know, we, we are very distracted. And this is probably becoming very cliche eventually at some point <laughs> as time passes. But, you know, people are very distracted. People are, you know, uh, all off into social media so much. Are they watching TV a great deal or, or uh, looking for the, for the next pair of shoes to come out? And, and, 
and, and then add working on top of that. They're working, they're busy working and trying to provide for either themselves or, or a family member or kids or whatever the case may be. And we never take no time out to just be, with, be alone with ourselves and get, get to know ourselves a little bit and have that quiet time. Mm-hmm. So once you t- at least take one hour out of your life of quiet time where you can just be quiet and, and you wait and you listen, you know, uh, and you do, you know, by closing your eyes, uh, a lot of people don't want to close their eyes. So if you don't want to close your eyes, hold, just hold your, your, your hand to your chest, hold your hands to your chest and, and just feel your breathing. And, and, and you take some deep breathing mm-hmm. and, and, and then you really hear your heartbeat, really hear your breath leave. And eventually you're going to, you're going to be able to, to feel something. That's, and does it have to be an hour? I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you and, and, and I'm appreciative of what you're saying, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a mom, got two kids, running a business, radio show, XYZ. I'm sure many women are in the same boat and they're, they're extremely busy and finding an hour is, is next to impossible. Can you do that in a shorter period of time? You can definitely break it up, but make sure you have an hour in, in your in total, you know, so hmm. if you got to do, if you got to do five minutes, do five minutes of that. And then, then, the, uh, and if you are in a spot where, you know, it's going to look weird for you just to be sitting there, you know, uh, well, you know, take out a notepad and get to just writing honestly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and pressing yourself, you know, it, it, you know, we, we find this, this bigger being, this bigger intelligent being, this divine being by, you know, um, really beginning to express ourselves and understanding what our true nature is. Mm-hmm. Once we, once we understand our true nature and welcome our true nature, we can begin to feel that divine presence. That's beautiful. And so an hour, is, is, that, is that like a science? Is, it, is, there something, is there science behind that 60-minute mark? Or is that there's something you, you suggest and that you think that you, you, you've already tested and it works for you? Why, why 60 minutes? I say, I say 60 minutes because that's something I have tested. You know, that's what I found. You know, it, 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 took, it took, takes me a, uh, at least an hour out of the day. You know, I got to have like hour, an hour out of the day, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, you, you're giving so much time to everything else. You know, like you got to have at least, a, I got to have at least a full hour. And when I, when I know, what I notice is when I don't give that full hour uh, to, you know, just being able to connect, you know, I, I found that like I, I'm, a lot more off balance, uh, a mm-hmm. lot more confused, a lot more confused, um, mm. a, a lot more irritable. You know, uh, you got it. You know, because if you give yourself an hour, it's like it's like pampering yourself. You know, it's like wow. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, it's like uh, you make fifteen bucks an hour. Well, you know, this is this is your opportunity to really pay yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And I and I guess one out of twenty four hours is is uh, not a lot. No, it's not a lot. It's not overwhelming. And, and like I said, if you can't take a full straight hour, break it up. You know, uh, take a little, uh, take little kitty naps. Awesome. Almost. Awesome. So um, we're coming to, to towards the end of the interview, and I, I like to always close by asking my guests uh, a diversity moment that that they've experienced or they, they've want, they've gone through. Can you can you share an example of an of a, of a diversity ex- experience that you've witnessed endured? Okay, and and when and when you say diversity, are are we are we talking in terms of like just experiencing, um, you know, a situation? Um, mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, any kind of situation that involved you know somebody who was different, who who looked different, who who was treated differently. Um, you as a veteran, have you? It, it could be also favorable as a veteran. How are you received? How how someone with uh, with with um 
who's gone through PTSD. Can you, can you share something that, um, uh, that kind of ties to the whole notion of diversity, inclusion that, that you've experienced, just to kind of help our listeners. Um, I like to give like concrete real life examples of, of things that people have gone through and they've, they, that they've learned in order to just kind of just share. Okay. Well, first of all, being a, a, a black, Af uh, black, black American male, uh, you know, here in, uh, you know, in America, <laughs> I got, and then growing up um, in, you know, in the lowest part of the, the city, you know, uh, some of the toughest part of the city, I, I, I wasn't really exposed to uh, diversity until I, I joined the, um, the wrestling team uh, <laughs> on, in middle school. And uh, at that point, I started, you know, um, going into different neighborhoods and I, you know, started saying, wow, there, there are a lot more white people than, <laughs> than just on TV. <laughs> so there are, yeah. you know, uh, there, there are other races out there. And, and then once I got into the military, I really had that, that a good mix of diversity, mm -hmm. you know, where you had people from all over, especially once we went overseas to Iraq and we um, uh, worked with the coalition forces up there um, with the from people from UK, from Africa, uh, people from uh, all the, I mean, different countries mm -hmm. and then when i returned back when i returned back um it, you know initially i wasn't really well received as a veteran i i, I see hmm. that it there was still some people who were very you know um angry about you know invading iraq in the first place huh. uh, so so there was a lot of those people who didn't didn't really you know take the time out to say thank you for your service or anything like that or they they, they would treat me very differently um so the politics got the, the politics got no way in the way yeah, yeah, the politics got in the way a lot. But, you know, nowadays, um, you know, we all kind of feel like we're in this together now, and we all want to lift a hand to, to veterans nowadays. And, you know, that, that now that we are seeing the, um, the, the after effects of, of the war and, and, and the great deal of um, different mental illnesses that they go through and mm -hmm. the, the, the physical, the, physical um, uh, the pain they experience. And, and you know, we, we all now want to just, you know, lift, lend a hand to a veteran or just take the time out of, our, out of our lives to say thank you. So I get that a lot now. And um, I'm very appreciative of that. And, and even in my ministry, even in like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say my ministry, but <laughs> yeah, but in a sense it's a ministry, but mm -hmm. it, 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 even in my, you know, um, uh, way of just uh, receiving people, uh, you know, I receive everybody. I, I, I don't, you know, I see the spirit first. Uh, mm. else. I love that. Well, I think we'll end on that note. And I want to say thank you for your service. And thank you for joining me today on, on uh, the show. I think what you've shared would be very helpful to our listeners. So I think I thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very humbled and very grateful to be able to just share this space with you right now. Thank you so much, Marcus. And where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook at Real Marcus C. Hart, on Twitter at Real Marcus Hart. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, of course, and um, my website is uh, www.realmarcusheart.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you, and Thanks. have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now.